Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Damian Kindler, who has adapted the Steve Niles graphic novel, October Faction, for television. Damian, how are you today? I'm good, man. It's good to talk to you. It's great talking to you, too. I mean, Niles has a bunch of properties that have been turned into movies and various franchises. You're kind of becoming the king of comic book adaptations. Uh, on Tuesday, season two, the final season of Krypton just dropped on Blu-ray, uh, Stargate uh, SG-1, and all sorts of other genre things. So you're keeping yourself busy, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I'm on American God season three <laughs> right now as well. And uh, Yeah, <laughs> well, first of all, Steve Niles is a machine. I think there's like yeah. 450 comic books that he's created. Like, he's this master writer, so... <laughs> adapting October faction was daunting. And, uh, I'm happy to say that, you know, every step of the way, um, I checked in with Steve and, uh, thankfully got his blessing on the direction I wanted to take the show, which is different than the comic book, but I think in a good way and deepens the mythology and the characters. And he was, he was really into it and really, really, uh, please. So I'm hoping that his fans will be as well. Nice. Yeah. Cause it's very hard to, diff it's very difficult to adapt a comic book straight into film or television because it's two totally different mediums, but you kind of have the storyboard set for you with the comic. So that's an advantage. But when you twist the story just enough, um, how do you stay true to the original source material while creating your own path? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, yeah, I mean, this isn't like Sin City. We weren't doing a direct, you know, third dimension of a of an art piece. This was more, you know, to answer the question directly, what you do is you take the, the, the deep foundational elements of the story and the characters that really resonate, and then you just build out from there. Like the comic book and Damien Worm's style of art mm -hmm. are very stylized, very, you know, um, Tim Burton-esque and very surreal. And, you know, you can... You can really spend a lot of money trying to recreate that if you want, but I think that sometimes the style defeats the substance, um, and sometimes that's awesome. Uh, like American Gods is very stylized. That's really cool. I felt October Faction wanted to be more grounded because the elements in it that really, really hit me hard were you know, about the family and about the, the teens and their backstory and about this town, and there was a lot of questions I had uh, about the, the mythology and the history of that world that I felt were better answered in a more grounded um, family drama that intersected organically with the supernatural as opposed to it being this big hyper stylized um, world, which I think can sometimes put a distance between the characters and their audience. Mm -hmm. And when you take something that can be from an over the top world and ground it into reality, what are some of the challenges of that? Cause I know you're a very busy man and then to adapt the Steve Niles book is no easy feat in itself. So I just assume that you don't like sleep. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, no, I, I, I'm a huge fan of sleep. Uh, I just, yeah, you don't, you don't, these are really high class problems to have. I mean, the, the best way, the best reasons to lose sleep is doing stuff that you love. And I loved October Faction the moment I read it. Um, I, I, I read a lot of stuff to adapt and you know, a lot of it is just not, it doesn't, it doesn't really connect with me. This immediately connected to me and I saw what could be done with it. I mean, I think you just, the, the, the most, the, the, the story and the, and the characters, you know, they really do tell you where to go. You, your, your job is to be as honest and authentic to them um, as opposed to being show offy. So they, they often, 
they often just are are your 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 guide in, in the journey of creating a show. Um, I think the biggest obstacles, like for anything, are time and money. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the, the, what I can say is that considering how quickly we we got greenlit to camera, like which is such a flattering problem to have that Netflix wanted the show right away, and then you know we we had a really brilliant room of writers and a passionate group of actors and directors. Um, considering the time constraints uh, and, and what we were up against, I, I'm I'm so proud of what we did because my overall goal was to be honest to what the, the, the intention of the, the comic was, which was to sort of take you behind the scenes of people who deal with the supernatural and how that affects, you know, actual everyday complicated lives. And also I had a lot to say, I guess you could say politically, just about themes of racism, homophobia, white privilege, like a lot of really, you know, big topics that I feel the best genre projects do talk about, you know, I, I don't know who quote who's quoted is, but like all the best sci-fi is actually about here and now. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, that is, that was definitely the agenda, not just to do a monster of the week show, which October factually definitely is not, right. but to do something that had, you know, a, a little show with, with a lot to say the way I put it. Mm-hmm. Is it more difficult or is it easier to adapt something that's had a longer shelf life like Krypton Superman has an 80 plus year mythology and to go back and visit his grandfather and create a series that way, you know, it has its challenges because we've had 80 years of Superman, but October faction came out roughly about five years ago. So, you know, it's still relatively fresh in people's minds, you know, well, the comic did this, the graphic novel series did that. How far of a departure has the show gone from that? And, you know, is which one's easier to adapt something that has a, a longer history or something that has a shorter history? That's a good question. I mean, it does depend. I would say with those two examples, there's pluses and minuses. I mean, I would say the short answer is um, something newer, uh, more recent and less part of the, you know, the, the, the huge human consciousness like Superman um, is easier and more malleable. It's more, more of a facile uh, world to begin to build out and play like it's still there's still so much more you can do with it because Steve wrote you know however many volumes but there was so much more we built out like the the history and the mythology and the name of the organization that has been fighting the supernatural for hundreds of years and the backstory of Fred and Dolores and how they met in the town and on and on and on so we had a lot of raw material that we could that we could we could work with whereas you know with, with Krypton you are backing into one of the most um, famous mythologies in the history of, you know, the world. And uh, so there's pluses and minuses, you know, anything with an S on it, the entire world will sit up and take notice. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you are kind of handcuffed to the laws and rules and regs of that mythology Mm -hmm. and the tone. Whereas October Faction was more, a bit more of a blank slate because, you know, Steve was an amazing collaborator and very, very, you know, um, open-minded about all the things we wanted to try to do and ultimately very happy with what we did. So, you know, but, but not everyone's heard of October faction. I hope that changes, but yeah. So it's easier to do, but you have, you, you make less of a big impact. So it depends what kind what size stage you want to work on. Right. And I'm very proud of doing a show, which maybe less people have heard of, but surprises everyone with how good it is. I hope. 
Right, because I think the the big thing that when R.I.P.D. came out as a movie, it was so far removed from its original content, and the characters' names had changed from Cruz to Walker. Um, you know, it was Nick Cruz in the comics and became Nick Walker in the movie, and, and so on and so forth, that so much yeah. had changed that people were just completely disenfranchised with it. When you have the blessing of the creator yeah. to go in that direction – is it easier because now you know exactly what theme to stick with only, you know, you're putting your own spin on it. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's, it is tricky because you are in a, you, you are, you, you are tasked with building out the world and you are not going to satisfy everyone. You know, there are hardcore fans of October faction who may watch the show and go, uh, this is not, the weird and dark and, 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 you know, gothic-y show I thought it was going to be. But what it is is it's a much more grounded and built-out version of that show, of that story. And, you know, truthfully, you you have to – you can't sit there trying to please everybody all the time with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But that said, I think, yeah – the, the the hope is that this is not such a radical departure, but more of a, a really big improvement or, you know, the way Damon did with Watchmen, which is kind of taking really important themes and topics and tone and taking them and, and, and translating them in a way that's very satisfying, but not 100% one-to-one faithful to, to, to what people read in the comics. So it's more of an adjacent to than directly you know, faithful to, which is, is a risk, mm-hmm. but I think we're taking because I, I think I, I read the comic. Now I'd like to see another version of that. Mm-hmm. And a good song can be played in lots of different forms right. and still be fascinating. And look, I'm, I know you're talking about RIPD and mm-hmm. I also like look at Parker. Like there's, there are, there are adaptations where you just go, Oh, why did we do that that mm-hmm. way? That just feels like it limped onto the screen. Mm-hmm. October faction <clears throat> definitely was blessed by Steve and it has a very, logical world that expands i think properly and with really good twists i i think as uh, putting myself in the reader category that if the creator of it has given the thumbs up to the adaptation that is you know even a far departure from what was originally put pen to paper then you have to be more accepting of it because they like what came out of the adaptation of their original work so, you know, like the original Spider-Man movie oh, where Tobey yeah. Maguire was mutated into shooting webs out of his own wrists rather than creating his web shooters. Yeah. Since Stan Lee signed off on that, we're like, well, we can't complain. <laughs> well, I complained. <laughs> I I mean, I was like, Stan, what are you doing? I actually almost asked him. I met him once. and That was like first question. I said, I was at a party. It's like, I'm sure he gets asked this every hour. Like, right. why would you let, you know, I'm sure he would have said the money, you know, <laughs> I think honest to God, right. you know, honest to God, I think that was very important to me right. because I grew up reading comics, a right. huge comic and I have tons and tons of graphic novels under my belt. And for me, ha- talking to Steve a lot, having Steve come in the writer's room and us pitch huge character arcs and the whole season to him and have him just say, I love this. Um, him ask questions that, that we were that you know we had to find really cool mm-hmm. answers to really helped authenticate the show mm-hmm. because for Steve like he didn't have to do this he just right. was like yeah let's do it like he, he 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 was into it he was interested he came up and did he came up to for shooting he, mm-hmm. he was in the writers room for a few days here and there so he 
he didn't just check out and take a, take the money. He, right. he wanted the show to be good and be a, a really cool extension of the world he built. And so I, I, as a writer, felt completely flattered that he liked my writing as a way of expanding on his ideas. Mm-hmm. So that was... It was very collegial and very collaborative. Okay. Well, Steve is also big on creator own and having his hand in his project. So I can see him wanting to come into the writer's room. But, yeah, it has to be a big deal. Set visits, writer room visits, you know, nodding his head in approval. It's like getting the thumbs up that uh, you're yeah. doing the right thing. He's a cool dude. Yeah. He also played bass in a really cool punk band in the 80s. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. He's a badass. Right. Um, you know, with the, with the series – the series is dropping on the 23rd of January, correct? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we're a few days out from that. Is there a big anticipation that, you know, it's it's no longer weekly episodic television is the big thing. You know, the anticipation of what's going to happen next week. We have 10 to 24 episodes drop all at once and people will watch them in one day or an entire weekend. Um is it kind of better in that it's like live music where you have the instant gratification of the reaction of people, you know, say 1500 people watched it the first hour. I don't, I don't know how Netflix does their numbers and they don't really share them, but let's say 1500 people watch it the first hour. That's considered good, you know, boom. Okay. There's a sigh of relief or, you know, 25,000, whatever the number would be, you know, some astronomical number. And you sit there and go, okay, you know, now we can wait and see what's going to happen with season two. Or was it more exciting to have the weekly episodic thing and waiting for the numbers to come in and go, okay, now we know how to tweak things for next week. I mean, it's like Han Solo said, like, never tell me the odds. (laughs) Uh, I don't, I, I can tell you from working in network, you hate to get the, you know, the plus ones, the plus threes, the plus sevens. It's just, you know, you're sitting there in tenterhooks and wondering what it all means with, you know, live actuals and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't know how the algorithms work at, at Netflix. You know, it's, it's enormous and it's beyond my scope. Of vision. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a Luddite at that stuff. I can tell you that what's cool about writing these shows is that everything's like now a concept album. Like everything is like, you know, another brick in the wall or like Sgt. Pepper's that you're writing one story in 10 parts, which is great, which is awesome. I think season one of October Faction is like almost like the origin story of that team. And by the time we get to the end, you're ready to go. Oh, my God. Now they're finally (laughs) they're ready (laughs) and we understand why and how. And so uh, it's it's really fun gratifying way to tell a story and i think it's a fun gratifying way to watch stories too and it's not getting constant notes every week of you know hey what if we add a dog that might increase the ratings or what if we add this type of character that you know was a hit five years ago with this similar type of series maybe that'll boost things up and and change direction this way you're allowed to do all 10 episodes the way you want and so is it a bit more of a relief well, you know, look, yeah, who, who, I don't miss that kind of let's bring in some some <clears throat> supermodel from a reality show. I don't miss that. <clears throat> but what you do get is you get judged in totality, which is that, you know, Netflix looks at your entire story once it's done and then goes, okay, now, we, you know, we like, for instance, we were supposed to premiere last October, but there was a lot of stuff we still wanted to work on in terms of vis effects and other design. And, and you know, because we were, we were really you know, on a very strict, fast, too fast a timetable. And so uh, 
we relished the chance to kind of continue working on our visuals, which Netflix gave us, but they only gave us that opportunity because they looked at it all and went, okay, we've seen the whole thing in its entirety, and now we, we see why you want to continue working on this effects and adding more things because they see the entire landscape. Um, so you're, you're, you're under scrutiny, but more in, in a holistic way. And look, sometimes that's hard because if there's a big problem, you're looking at all of it. But if there's problems that are fixable, at least you're looking, at least you've had a chance to sort of lay out your entire idea and execute it. And then just like a Marvel movie and then go back in and maybe do some things differently or a little bit better, uh, so that the whole thing stands up nicely. So, you know, it's, it's a, just a completely different, uh, just uh, a different situation. Right. And with as fast as technology moving that extra four months, tech's probably advanced you know, quicker than we expected. And you can now add the special effects today that you couldn't have in October. Yeah, I mean, it depends. It depends what you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes there's still the whole thing of art takes time. You know, mm-hmm. it, does, it does take time to kind of develop things the way you want them to go. Is it a little more freeing where you're not constrained into the 3060 model, you know, 22 or, or 44 minutes where, you, you know, this show could run 46 minutes or 37 minutes or whatever else per the episode that yeah. allows you great. to be more creative? Yeah. I love that. That's, yeah, it's a great question. And I, it's definitely, that was one of the best things about working on a Netflix show is that if the best version of this show is like 39 minutes, you don't have to add fat to it or like write a scene or like throw, there's no previously on. There's a lot of crap that I think people as a very sophisticated audience get tired of. It's like previously on October section or, you know, like the long lingering pan across the woods because we need to get to 43, 22 total running time. Like you can actually have a much more authentic story. Like there's, I think there's episodes of October Faction that are under 40 minutes because that was just the best version of that, that story. Right. And now let's say I have never read the comic itself and I'm not even familiar with Steve Niles and your show pops on. What should I look out for and be most intrigued with character development wise? I think you're going to see a, a really kind of strange, a little kooky and weird family drama about a family returning to its roots in a small town and two very, very interesting uh, teenage characters who are forced to uh, almost relive their parents' past in a weird way and how the supernatural kind of comes knocking. And I think... I'm hoping this is the kind of supernatural show that fans who don't watch supernatural shows can really get behind because it's not so, you know, impenetrable or, you know, heavy with mythology or even particularly, um, you know, about the creatures. You know, it's not a horror movie. It's not a bug hunt. It's, it's much more character based. Um, and it has a sense of humor and uh, it is based on, you know, the, 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 the intrigue of what happens coming of age uh, and learning the truth about your parents and about yourself, which are very relatable issues. And I assume it's TV 14 for this one. Yeah, we swear. And there's a lot of other stuff that happens is violence. Yeah. Right. I mean, my 14 year old will be watching it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Damien, before I let you go, 
when it comes to doing genre films and, and science fiction, what was your initial attraction to it? And how has your view of the genre changed uh, over the years in making these types of films or TV series? Oh, that's that's a really small question. <laughs> that's an hour and a half. I could I could, I could give a dissertation. Um, well, first of all, I, I just I love the character stuff of October Fashion. That was easily the best thing. I just love the dynamic of the family and 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 the kids and and just there was a very strong. It was a story about family, for real. You know, uh, it wasn't using monsters as an excuse to tell a family story. It was an authentic story of real characters and a real family dynamic that just happened to intersect with the supernatural. And I, I thought that was an authentic story that was, that was very attractive. Um, in terms of genre, I think I, I'm still waiting for the day where the term genre isn't like the redheaded stepchild of the entertainment industry because, you know, there's this unfair strange Berlin wall that, that was erected between, or DMZ, if you want to call it, like between <clears throat> people who are genre writers, air quotes, and, you know, drama writers. And <clears throat> I think that's unfair. And I think, first of all, genre pays for the whole party. You know, I think that, you know, we get to make Mad Men because, you know, someone's making Westworld and Star Wars. And so I, I'm, I really look for a way to intersect those things. And that's a lot about that's a lot of what October Faction is about is how it is, I hope, a really elegant hybrid of family drama, small town drama, with a very cool <clears throat> genre mythology behind it. And so, uh, you know, that to me is, is I think, where we all want to go. I think that audiences are so sophisticated that they want to see the blending of, genre, of genres. <clears throat> They want to see more grounded and complex <clears throat> drama in their in their sci-fi and vice versa. And so uh, that's where I think it's going. I think that audiences are, are are wanting to hear, you know, more complex and more challenging uh, uh, types of shows and, and, and more interesting and intricate storytelling. And and everyone's imagination is is more sophisticated. Uh, because we have a really strong foundation. <clears throat> I'm, I can't wait to see Picard. You know, I mm. think shows like that could never have existed only a few years ago. But now yeah. everyone's like, no, that's a legit big show about the backstory of a, you know, a Starfleet admiral. Like to me, that's awesome. That that shows we're 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 ready for the next level. I love it, Damian Kindler. Thank you so much for your time. October Faction drops January 23rd. Uh, the one thing that obsessed me about Netflix is that the East Coast gets it before the West Coast does. At least give it to us at 9 p.m. the night before when you drop it at midnight in New York. But other than that, no complaints, man, and I'm excited <laughs> for you. Yeah, thank you. Like they're gonna listen to me anyway. <laughs> dude. Well, dude, thank you for this. It was great. It was a great, uh, great chat. Oh man, it's my pleasure. I, I love talking to you guys, especially about everything you put out there. And if it wasn't for you, we'd have nothing to, to talk about. <laughs> I love that. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. All right, take care, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Okay, take care. Bye, bye.